What's going on, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Magical Boys, where we talk about pop culture, games, anime, and all that good shit in between. From a queer perspective, it is I, your favorite Magical Boy, DJ, with my other favorite Magical Boy... It's me, Ruben. Yay! (laughs) Yay, us. Good thing you said other favorite, because I'm about to be like, what? (laughs) (laughs) You about to start a war up in here? (laughs) About to start a magical... Like for DJ, Whoa. RT for Ruben. Do it. Do it now. <laughs> I almost spit up my water like on my laptop and on the mic. Good. It's a great way to start the show. <laughs> oh, absolutely. Just a dripping wet mic. So mm. um, what's going on, Ruben? What are you doing? <laughs> uh, I don't know. Um, I don't know. I've been playing stuff. A uh, new anime season started, so I've been trying to watch first episodes of stuff like I usually do. Mm-hmm. Um, so I've been doing that. Mm-hmm. And uh, I don't know. What have you been doing, DJ? Um, I have been working a lot on all this uh, comic stuff for Black Mage, and I'm like knee deep in comic stuff, which is a good problem to have. So I'm, mm-hmm. I'm happy to have this be an issue. Um, but other than that, I'm still playing Persona Five. <laughs> Where are you at this point? I, no, I'm I'm at the last I'm at the last uh, palace. Okay, so um, what's the location for that one again? Um. Or what's it look like? I can't remember what the thing is. It looks like the gates of hell. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, that's when, like, the things overlay. Like, the mm-hmm. different dimensions. Okay, okay, yeah, I gotcha. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, so we're... <laughs> so we're at the end, and I'm like, the game's gonna be over soon. And and I've been delaying playing this game because I just don't want it to be over, but it never has to be, really, because I can play New Game Plus. Yes. And I still have plenty of things to do in that game because I didn't max out everything. Unlike my nut job of a boyfriend who loves like being super grindy in uh, JRPG. So he ma- he made like an actual calendar oh my for God. that game. Your precious and boy. He's such a good boy. He's such he's a smart boy. I can't um, do so, that for my own life, let alone a video game. I know. He's so good. <laughs> and uh, he maxed out everybody. Wow. And I'm like, <laughs> I don't know how that's possible, but you're amazing. I like, um, I fucked up using a guide, so I didn't max out everyone. I got close. But mm-hmm. that was me using a guide, not like yeah. doing some math jitsu to figure out. Your boyfriend's very smart. He's very smart, but he'll sit here and say all day that he's dumb, but he's a real smart boy. He's a real smart boy. He's a real smart boy. Uh, smart yeah, boy. Persona 5 gets like buck wild at the end. Oh, yeah. Because <laughs> I already, I kind of knew what was going to happen um I'm, I'm saying this without spoiling anything but i kind of knew where it was going but how they got there i'm like oh shit this is this is buck wild yeah it but, gets uh, out of control it's yeah it's a really it's a really solid game it has a ton of problems but it's a very good game um but other than that i've been playing a little bit of overwatch i kind of mm-hmm. took a break because i was so mad at the uh at the anniversary event Mm-hmm. So I'm like, let me just not play this game for a minute. Are you mad because of the skins? Like the, uh, or the, rather the lack of skins yeah, dropping? Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. I'm very mad at how shitty the drops were for all of the skins. I think and they said they're going to be trying to fix loot boxes, but yeah, they were abysmal during anniversary. They were, they were like suspiciously bad for the anniversary mm-hmm. event. Um, because there was um, a developer update with Jeff Kaplan, and he did say that they're going to uh, drastically 
reduce the amount um, of uh, of repeat items, but at the same time, they're also going to increase the amount of in-game currency that you get mm. for when you get duplicate items, mm-hmm. so that when you do get duplicates, it's uh, a much better uh, payout, which is nice. And they and he and he made a good point of saying like, well. Um, for us to not have duplicates, you'd have to have an infinite amount of content, which we don't. So mm-hmm. there, there's going to be some of that, which is fine. But the fact that like I, I spent an embarrassingly amount, of, large amount of money on oh, yeah. yes on so the, on the anniversary loot boxes or just the loot boxes in general, I spent way too much money on them, and for the sheer amount of grays and blues and repeat grays and blues that i got i've never been more angry about anything before in my life <laughs> overwatch has some some problems they're running, they're running into right now because i remember the last time we talked about this somewhere um the community seems more you don't really see it so much on ps4 unless you're hopping into voice chat right but how people were just like dipping out of uh comp games left yep. and right mm-hmm. and it's because there's just a lot happening in comp with balance issues yeah and uh things that blizzard isn't seemingly addressing fast enough um and and mainly with how your sr works like how mm-hmm. you get attributed points for when you win matches and lose matches yes that people are getting so upset about that i think it's making the community more toxic now there's no excuse i mean like i think if people are going to be shitty they're going to be shitty and that's on them yeah but i think if you have a game that's frustrating people continually you will see more of that behavior yes and i think we're seeing that across the board right now with with uh the game which i hope they fix soon because it has mm-hmm. been less fun to play outside of playing with friends yeah it has been less fun to just play casually like mm-hmm. or even just comp solo queue um yeah. than usual um yeah i've been playing a little bit of overwatch uh, not as much as usual yeah uh the zelda dlc dropped mm-hmm. so i haven't gone and done all of the you when you log into the um the game with the dlc you get like 10 new quests that come up they all say ex on them mm-hmm. um and they're pretty much all quests for new uh new costumes and new armor mm-hmm. stuff uh so i haven't done any of those but i did go do there's the trial of the sword yeah. which is this like super difficult um trial that you do that's broken up into i think it's like 45 rooms mm-hmm. um but I don't, I don't think it's even between all three like there's the beginner trials the medium trials and the final trials mm-hmm. um and it's just like eventide island is where you start out with nothing um yeah. you go in with nothing and you have to sort of uh, accrue all of your shit as you go through the area, mm-hmm. um, through the floors. And then at the end of that set of trials, you lose everything again and you have to start fresh. Um, but every time you complete each of those trial levels, your Master Sword bumps up in power. So it starts at 40 and then it bumps up to... No, it starts at, I think, 30 and bumps to 40, then mm-hmm. bumps to 50, then bumps to 60. So once you've beaten it, your Master Sword is at 60 damage all the time. Oh, that's cool. As opposed to just being at 60 damage when you're, like, around evil, which is the thing in the game where it glows. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was really, really fun. Um, but not as hard as I, I kind of thought it would be, or not as, like, long. Yeah. Um, but it was good, though. And then I've been playing uh, a little bit of this game. It's a mobile game called Puzzle Peppers. Mm-hmm. And it is just a game where uh, you have these, like, little dogs, and you want them to get to their food bowls. Oh, so you stretch them. Um, puzzle pupper yeah it's very cute 
And there's a, you can just like get them to their food bowls, but there's hams on every screen. So you want to also like, if you want to be a perfectionist, you want to try to like collect all the hams also. Oh, look at this. This is cute. It's very cute. It's also like very, it has like classical music in the background. It's very relaxing. Mm-hmm. Um, so just been playing a little bit of that. Uh, Aaron already beat it. I think it's like 80 levels or something. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's very good. So And it's free, I'm pretty sure. So Yeah, I'm downloading it right now and it is definitely 100% free. I suggest it. Yeah, I mean, I love a pupper, so I'm... It's very cute. I'm down, yeah. Any game about dogs, I'm into. They make very cute sounds when they eat the ham. It's just, like, (laughs) too adorable. It's my favorite. (laughs) Yeah, if they made something like Neko Atsume, but with puppies Mm -hmm. instead, I would be so down for that. I liked Neko Atsume, but it was, like, too... It was too much like having a real cat, where it was, like, it doesn't do anything... (laughs) <laughs> and it's like there when it wants to be but also like not there when you want it to be yeah so it's like oh cool i guess he decided to stop by you piece of shit like, like just very much like having an actual cat yeah it's like hey i ate all this food that you put out put in some more Bye. yeah please pay for some microtransactions to feed me more <laughs> i was like that's like a real cat yeah yeah I, I never could get into the um like animal sim game so i wasn't really big on nintendogs or things like that. But I loved, like, my little Tamagotchis. That mm-hmm. stuff was fine, but uh, never was really into Nintendogs and cats and all that shit. I feel like I've, always, I've always had real pets, so it's like, I don't need this. I don't need this fake shit? No. <laughs> I wonder... I could be into it depends on what it's, like, what the theming is, mm-hmm. I guess. Yeah. Like, if it's, like, something I'm, like, super into, or if I'm taking care of something... Like, I don't know, like, DJ, what would be, <laughs> what would, what digital thing would you want to take care of? If you want, like, a modern Tamagotchi. A boy. But that's, like, having yeah. a boyfriend. <laughs> I was going to say, like, a waifu Tamagotchi thing would be, yeah. like, weird in a lot of ways, but also, like, kind of dope. If I could have, like, like, a little, like, a little bara Tamagotchi situation. Oh, my God, yes. Like, a little baby, like, a little chibi strong boy. <laughs> like you have to take him to the gym he's lifting yeah, his little yeah, weights it's like, doot, 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 doot. <laughs> and then he flexes at the end he's like yeah Thank you. and he sparkles yeah it'd be so cute oh god you <laughs> i just like the idea of that and then like he'll do certain like he'll like cook for you and like mm-hmm. do sweet stuff if you're nice to him yeah oh my god why don't we make a bar t- why is that not a game why is it that a game i mean we're getting there with dream daddy we're so close. We're so close to Dream Daddy. Oh, we might as well talk about Dream Daddy. We should talk about Dream Daddy. Um, was there anything else that you were playing? Uh, no, not really. I okay. haven't, like, Horizon Zero Dawn, but I haven't really touched it. I've just been busy doing other shit. Yeah. Okay. So, well, yeah, let's move on. Let's get into our, our topics for the week. So, we'll add that to our list because it wasn't on here initially. I forgot but, uh, about it somehow. Yeah, uh, Dream Daddy. So, let's talk about it. Uh, I mean, it's not out yet. Yeah. So... All we can go is based off what we know of um, and what we've seen and heard. Um, I'm excited for it just because it's such a cool. It's it's a bunch of daddies, so a already like starting strong. Um, but the fact that it's being uh, there's so much exposure because yeah. Game Grumps are producing it. Mm-hmm. It's getting such a big audience as opposed to like I'm sure you can go on Steam and find something along those lines or something similar. Um, or at the very least, you know, there's a billion Otome games with a bunch mm-hmm. of Bishonen boys that have, like, a daddy in the cast. Yeah. Um, it's cool that it's getting exposure to a much different, more mainstream gaming audience. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I hope that has positive, like, repercussions. Yeah. 
Me too. Um, I was talking about this very briefly on on Twitter uh, last week because uh, one of my other friends mentioned it too, and it brought up some concerns for me. Um, I, you know, I think the game grips are great. I, mm-hmm. I, you know, I think that whole the whole thing is great. Um, but are any of I don't know enough about them to know. But are any of the people on Game Grumps queer? So I don't believe anyone that's part of Game Grumps uh, Game Grumps proper is queer. But mm-hmm. from what I understand, um, so my roommate did some art for the game, um, mm-hmm. and uh, the two people that mainly worked on it, uh, Layton and Vernon Shaw. Yeah. Um, I'm pretty sure Layton is queer yes and i think vernon is also queer mm-hmm. um and really from my understanding they made the game yeah. um the game was pretty much all done by them game grumps just kind of produce it you know they okay. the money and the financing and mm-hmm. um and sort of the support to get it made mm-hmm. i think was from the grumps um i'm sure that they have you know they had some involvement beyond that to some degree yeah but from what i understand it's really good about that um i had a friend who got to play test some of it mm-hmm. um and he he's a straight guy but he came away saying that from at least his perspective the way they handled some stuff was uh, the way they handled the game seemed very earnest mm-hmm. and very chill it wasn't um uh, the the gayness of the game and the daddies weren't uh they weren't a punchline to a joke yeah uh, which I was worried about also mm-hmm. when I first saw it. Yeah, and um, this kind of goes back to um, something that I've always felt really uncomfortable about. Um, I've always felt super uncomfortable about uh, people that are like that ship same sex couples, but then in the same breath are shitty to actual queer people. Yeah. So, yeah. and the because I've always felt uncomfortable with like um, some straight girls that are all like, oh, like Sasunaru and whatever, whatever. Or like, Mikanzo or, or whatever Mikanzo else. And this yeah. and that or whatever. But like when they encounter like an actual queer person, like we're kind it's like, it's like, oh my God, like you're a gay person. Like, oh my God. Like, it's like, okay. Yeah. I, I like boys, but like, I've always felt like I've always felt some type of way about it because I feel like it's a, you are super like, it's not like, it's not like fetishizing it, but it's like this weird, I don't know. I mean, I think it is fetishizing it to to a degree for sure. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, I, I agree. And I don't know if I've talked about it on the show before, but Mm -hmm. I think, um, I think that does, I mean, it comes up with, I think everyone, Mm -hmm. but I think that it is super prominent with straight women. Mm -hmm. Um, and you see it a lot on Tumblr because Tumblr is a lot of women, yeah. Um, but also a lot of straight women. Um, and I think what bugs me about that is, I, th- to me at least, and I'm not, I'm not a woman, so I could be speaking out of my ass. Mm-hmm. But the impression I've always, uh, I've always had is that a uh, a male male ship because you don't often see it with female female ships right. it's almost exclusively male male ships mm-hmm. as far as queerness goes mm-hmm. um it seems to me that it is a way to fantasize about men where there is not the th- where there's no threat of another yeah. woman mm-hmm. involved mm-hmm. um and so it's like you can like think of all like the hot parts and the hot stuff and you can even like self-insert you into that mikanzo sandwich mm-hmm. um but uh you don't have to be intimidated by 
uh, these sort of unobtainable and unrealistic beauty standards of uh, fictional cartoon or video game women mm-hmm. um, and be threatened by that. Yeah. Um, which I get, and that makes I sense. I totally get that, and it does make sense. You're right. Uh, um, it just sucks that I think it, it crosses over into a line of fetishizing and also just, like, being so into that and, like, wanting to taste the fruits of that, but then sometimes being oddly anti-gay or yeah. anti-queer in general. Yeah. Um. Yeah, it's it's a weird dynamic that I, I obviously again I'm not a woman, so I don't know exactly, mm-hmm. but that's always seemed to be the impression I've gotten from it. Yeah, yeah, and and I totally get that, and I understand that. It, yeah, I just I hate it when I see, especially this happens a lot with Steven Universe specifically, like mm-hmm. with the sh- the message of that show being like awesome and nice and inclusive and all that stuff, but the fandom is so opposite of what the show is about. <laughs> yeah. Like, like the depths of that fandom, not the entire fandom in and of itself, but the depths of that. And we see it in articles that come out online and in various Twitter threads in one way or another about that kind of stuff. And it makes me really sad to see when that stuff happens. But, uh, but yeah, I mean, we've, we've had a whole show based on talking about fandoms at length. Mm-hmm. So you can check the, the history and listen to that show. Cause we've definitely talked about this at length. So I won't, I won't spend too much time on that, but, uh, but yeah, I hope that my hope for dream daddy is that, um, that it is also for queer men too, and it's not just like I feel like it's about us, but not for us. I think it, yeah, yeah, no, that's and that's a, I mean, that's a huge, uh, that's a huge thing with like the marginalized communities across the board, mm-hmm. right? Because yeah. um, that's that's what, uh, or or like by us for them, mm-hmm. right? That's mm-hmm. I think how a lot of um, a lot of like black music has always been taken mm-hmm. because white artists tend to co-opt the sound and then try to you know bank on what black artists have created. So like rock yeah. and roll started basically. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think that'll be the case. I, I, I and the only reason why I feel that way is because um, knowing Layton and she's really dope. And I don't know Vernon, but I have friends that know Vernon. Mm-hmm. Um, and knowing that there's queer creators there at yeah. the helm um, makes me feel better about it what, what i hope yeah it gives us is a uh a fun like a fun dating sim game but also really earnest that you know um treats those characters as real people mm-hmm. and also lets people explore something that maybe they're not ready to explore in real life or publicly mm-hmm. um because i think games are a great way to explore your own um queerness if you're not sure if you are queer or not yeah. or what type of queer you are yeah yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and I, yeah, and I've, I said it on Twitter before too. I'm like, I don't, I want Dream Daddy to be to be really good, and I want it to do very well. But like, as an actual queer man, I have some, you know, I had some uh, reservations about it. But um, I did read an article that said that about half, if not more than half, of the team is queer that worked mm-hmm. on that game. So I feel a lot better going into it, knowing that it's going to be done with a lot of integrity and a lot of, and a lot of heart. So I'm looking forward to that. That's what I'm that. thinking will happen. Yeah. Um, who's your favorite of the daddies? Um, oh gosh, let me look at them. Um, look at them. Look at those daddies. Let me, let me go to the peep, place. peep them daddies. I gotta look at them daddies. Dream. Daddy. Um, dream daddy. So I've been, so you know, the song moon river, right? So all uh, I've been yeah. thinking about is, is is that is that song? But Dream Daddies, like <laughs> <laughs> to the tune of Moon River, the song about Dream Daddies. Uh, photos, show me them daddies. 
Show me them daddies. Um, I think uh, my my two favorites are are Craig and uh-huh. and Matt are my two favorites. Which uh, which of the daddies are those? What's um, their like their daddy designation? Oh, I don't I mean, know. Craig is a fitness dad. Oh, He's okay. The one that has the baby, like the baby in the harness. Uh huh. Um, and Matt is the one with the dread, is the cool dad with the dreadlocks. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, um, and one of my friends uh, cosplayed as Craig, and my friend is rather attractive. So I'm like, this is not okay. <laughs> yeah, please, please. I'm like, I'm a relationship do friend. Don't do this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, it's the art's really good because I follow that artist on on Twitter too. Mm-hmm. Like she's She's real good. This, this art's really nice. I think uh, I think Bad Dad's my favorite, but it's because I'm self-centered and Bad Dad looks like me. Yeah, ba- I was um, gonna say Bad Dad does look like you. Oh yeah, no, I'm getting a I'm getting a whole Dream Daddy group for Dragon Con. Oh, I'm I gonna saw get that. all a, a bunch of boys all set up. I saw that. Um, I like Bad Daddy. Uh, I like the Goth Dad. I he's my least favorite. Oh, see, I like a good Goth boy sometimes. Um. And both prof- uh, Professor and the Dreadlocks uh, daddy, mm-hmm. uh, Matt, right? Yeah, Matt's Are both daddy. like, uh, Matt's really good. Matt's like a, a daddy Lucio, which is yeah. a thing I didn't know I wanted. Yeah, and Hugo is definitely like, is another, is a, you know, Professor daddy. <laughs> so yes. I'm, I, yeah, it's, they can do all the things to me. That's fine. Um, so like, I feel like bad dad would treat me. I'm going to like break down each dad real quick. Let's, let's that's talk, what I, let's, I feel. I, I'm so glad Okay. To do this. okay let's break it down let's break it down okay bad dad how i feel let's i'll tell you what i think and yeah. then you can tell me what you think um i feel like bad dad would probably be like super fun in bed yeah and probably be kind of like shitty to you but in a way it's kind of hot mm-hmm. but then he would probably get like too attached and like tell me about his dark past mm-hmm. and it might be too much for me and i might want to peace out like <laughs> I mean, but it says on his dislikes that he doesn't like emotional intimacy. I don't think that's true. I think that he's guarded. Mm-hmm. I think that there's a wall there to be torn down. I feel like that he's always going to be emotionally unavailable. And it, I, it, I can't, I can't do that in a relationship. Emotionally unavailable until you break that wall. I think he doesn't like emotional attachment because it's too much for him. Mm-hmm. He's like too soft deep down inside. Mm-hmm. That's my take. Uh, goth daddy. What do you think? I, I, oh God, I, I, I don't like him. <laughs> I just, it's just, he's just not for me. Um, he's for somebody like you, you like him. Um, when I look at, when I look at Damien Blood March, ugh, that name, <laughs> um, I just, <sighs> okay. So I feel like, I can't even, I can't put into words, at least at this very second, why I don't like him. So I'll let you talk about him first. Like, uh, I guess the way I feel is I would fuck anyone who should be in a Castlevania game. (laughs) So like, I'm on board for that much. Um, But you're right, though. I don't, there's like nothing else about him that I can even surmise. I'm just like, okay, like Alucard, let's do this. Yeah, and I'm like Alucard, that's cute and everything, but you're like, this outfit's too much for me. Um, this capelet, oh, he's very extra. This capelet situation is too much for me. It's just, it's, I just. All right, all right. We'll, yeah. we'll move on to Not Craig right. to Fit Dad. Oh, Fit Dad. 
Um, okay, so I feel like Craig is like a retired fuckboy. Like, <laughs> like, look at his look at his haircut. He yes. looks like he was a fuckboy at some at some point in time in his life. Was a fuckboy, but then had a kid and was like, I gotta, I gotta be good. I gotta, I gotta not be a fuckboy for my for my kid. Do you think that's why he's a single daddy? Because he was a fuckboy in that relationship? I, I think so. I yeah. think so. He's a single dad because he was too much of a fuckboy. I think he's trying to get his shit right. Um, mm-hmm. But there's still some fuckboy in him. That's why he has the like uh, eyebrow like mm-hmm. thing going on. Yeah, it's like the, I don't think it's a scar. I think it's like a, no, it's, a fashion. Oh, it's it's a, it's fuckboy fashion. It's definitely what <laughs> it, that that was intentional. Uh, that said, he has a child, so that's an immediate no for me. <laughs> I hate children too much. <laughs> but the whole game is dream daddies. Yes, but you can be a daddy without having kids. I mean, that's, that's, that's that's like the opposite of the definition of dad. Sure, but. Yeah. <laughs> But yes, yes, the uh, the definite like metaphorical daddy. No, I'm no, I'm into it. <laughs> the elusive daddy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, but like he's a good dad. He has a he has, it's a it's a baby girl. You don't know that that baby's just strapped to him. It I can strap a backpack to myself. Doesn't mean I give a shit about it. Doing push-ups with his daughter on his back. Okay, I don't. He's sweet. I don't think that means anything. I don't think that says anything. But you don't think that cape says something about bloodbath, bloodborne, whatever his name is? I no, that cape says he's extra as hell. He probably is into some weird shit. And I'm more, I more so just want to go along for the ride. There is what that's about. No, but I want Craig to ravage me. I want him. I want to drop down and give him fifty. He is. Oh my god, DJ. I know we're an explicit podcast, but. <laughs> Um, it was supposed to be a sports, a sexy sports joke thing. It was. Okay, it really was. Was it? Okay. I mean, a very like, like Graphic. water sports or some shit. I don't fucking know. <laughs> uh, God. Okay. Uh, I don't remember this boy's name, but I hate him. The blonde. Uh, he's like the youth pastor boy. Oh. Uh, Everything like, about I it. I, I like good boy soldier seventy six. Mm-mm. No, but see, at least like Soldier Seventy Six has like gruff old daddy. Like maybe this this boy like sweater wrapped around his shoulders, the pink polo and the khakis. Like who are you trying to impress? Like who actually wears their sweater tied around their neck like that in 2017? If you're some Hamptons motherfucker, <laughs> like see, I hate I'm, him. I'm already not there because I feel like that's some make a, make America great again shit about to happen in that kind of a setting oh with those God. kind of people. So I don't. What if wanna... in the game? What if in the game you try to fuck him? He's like, I voted for Trump. Uh, <laughs> no, no, because the whole time I'm looking at him, I'm like, I'm like, I'm like, was it you? Did you do this? Were you Did part you of the this? problem? Did you do this to America? Yeah. Oh my God. I, I can't. What a twist! What a game twist! Oh my God. Yeah. Uh, doing kickflips. Oh, because he's he's supposed to be the cool youth minister dad. Like, if he's doing kickflips, he's not gonna have a fucking sweater wrapped around his shoulders. The fuck. Also, kickflips, please. Extra, especially in that outfit. Yeah. Get out of here and stop winking at me. I know. Ugh. Also, what is? How, like, why is he holding his hands that way? What because, is this? Because he's like, come touch my tender Jesus nipple. Ugh, no. I'm like, uh, everything you just said. Ugh. <laughs> I hate it. <laughs> I don't like him at all. I'm not going to romance him ever at all at any point okay, in time. But Matt has the most intensely accurate bedroom eyes. Oh, yeah. Our next our next boy, our I, dreadlocks boy. I want I I wish I looked as cool as him in real life. 
his fashion is the most on point out of everyone there. Uh-huh. Yeah. It's it's uh Hi. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like caressing my Cintiq screen over his face right now. Um no, I I please. I think he'd be the daddy that I want to like actually have a relationship with. Daddy. Yeah, yeah. Like I will gladly fuck any of them. Mm-hmm. But I want a relationship with Matt. That's what I want. He's just very good. He's very cute. Mm-hmm. Um, there's the Professor Daddy. Next. Um. Okay. So I want to fuck him for extra credit. Okay. But is that it? It's all, just all a, sem- like all semester. Like I'll do it. Just, just, it's just a transaction, though. And An then, all semester and then, transaction. And then I'll be his TA. Okay. In the bedroom. That's more serious. That's taking the relationship to the next level. <laughs> no, no, no. Like a TA in the bedroom. Like oh, not, not, okay. not not going to his class. Okay. Just like it's like oh, is this your office? What hours? would a, what would a TA in the bed? Because like if you're a TA, you just do work the teachers don't want to do. If he's so on if office you're... hours, all I'm gonna <laughs> do is like I'm like hey Hugo, it's your office hours. We've got we've got. A little bit of time. You want to go in the... I don't know. You want to go back to your place and fuck? <laughs> and then come back to campus? DJ, and then I'll grade some like, papers or whatever? I just want to like take your TA metaphor to like its logical next step. Because what a TA does is all the shit that the professor doesn't want to do. I was, like, a, T- I was a TA. So yes, I did, yes. I did in fact grade all the in-class assignments that my professor did not want to grade. However... So, what do you, so if you're his <laughs> sexual TA, what are you doing? <laughs> I'm teaching him. Are you like, I have too much dick being thrown at me. Can you take care of some of this? Can you grade this dick for me? Yeah, I mean, okay. I didn't quite think this through. <laughs> I'm just saying. I was trying to be funny, but. No, clearly... I'm I'm glad you said it because I want to unpack this. <laughs> I didn't think this one through. Um, I <laughs> will sign up for all of his classes. And, uh, and I will suck that dick for extra credit. He looks too much like my dad. Okay. Like, not like the fashionable professor thing, but just like the big mustache and the swarthy general tones, mm-hmm. and like every like a lot of things in the face there actually look too much like my dad. Okay. Um. Now, if that wasn't a, a, an issue there, uh, eh, like again, like probably could be hot, but just seems too put together. Like I would be such a piece of trash in his life. He's too put together. <laughs> but uh, when you take his clothes off. He's not I that mean, put I guess together. so. But I feel, I mean, he might still be. He might be very, like, fit and take care of his body and be like, I'm I'm vegan. And I'll, like, have, you know, I'll be like, where's your Easy Mac in, like, hot dogs? <laughs> Where are the corn dogs? <laughs> yes, please, dinner time. Yeah, corn dogs. Just, it's like, we just fucked and I'm famished. So he's, he's like, ugh, time for a refreshing melon and quinoa. And I'm like, are we not going to Checkers slash <laughs> I need to get back some of my post-sex energy I've wasted. Like, can we can we at least go to McDonald's drive-thru? Like, Ugh, you, just like a, you don't a have Zaxby's. to get anything. <laughs> yeah, I'm getting everything. But please drive me in your fancy car because I don't even have one. Please take me in your BMW 5 Series to <laughs> the McDonald's drive-thru. Okay, and we have Last Daddy. I don't remember his name. Which one? The Redhead Daddy. Oh, Rival Daddy? Oh, that- the, the 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 one the, like the actual like bar looking one. Yes, the bar daddy. Brian, yeah, Brian yes. Harding. <clears throat> yes, Brian Hard on. Remember, right, yeah, guys? Brian Hard. 
<laughs> nice. <laughs> I just nice myself for my sick joke. Yeah, I'm I'm into it. Yeah. I don't I don't think I am, I, but I could be. I, yeah, it's that. It's like I in in this political climate, I don't you just don't trust white dick right now. I really don't. White dick is on <laughs> notice for me. I, I, <sighs> I just, yeah. If we could get this body type in a in a brown person, <laughs> all day we have the technology, DJ. We can do it. <laughs> we can build it. <laughs> but then I'm looking at the, but then I'm looking at him, and then I just said what I just said, and then I'm like, that's my actual boyfriend. Yes. Yeah. That's what. That's what brand. That like Brian is your big Brandon beautiful is. brown boyfriend. Yeah. Yes. Just if I if he was as brown he'd be my boyfriend. Um. Yes, he's a sweet boy. He likes bragging about his child's accomplishments. That's me as a parent. I'm mm-hmm. like, this is my child. My child makes straight A's. <laughs> my child is also <laughs> an incredible artist. Like or because like my mom is like that. Um. He likes poker night with the boys. But what's most important here is that he likes corgis. Oh, uh, that is a good thing. Um, I have a hard time looking past the Hawaiian shirt, though. The Hawaiian shirt is bad. Hawaiian shirt, khaki shorts. Mm-mm, nope. Mm-mm. Okay. Make it is... better, DJ. What can you say to make it better? Mm-mm. You can't. Mm-mm. Well, okay. Um, I'm going to say a couple of things. <laughs> okay, okay. Get real. Don't at, don't at me. <laughs> but he... He appeals to, like, basic white bear culture. For, yes. For, like, you step into the Eagle in, in, at any various city location, the Eagle Atlanta, the mm-hmm. Eagle here in San Francisco, the Eagle in Seattle, Portland. There's Eagles in all those? I, mm-hmm. I didn't realize it's, a mm-hmm. like, a chain. Mm-hmm. What? And you will see a million guys that look just like him. Hmm. And I bet he has one of those fucking bear paw tattoos. <laughs> and I'm like, ugh. Whenever you said a bear paw tattoo, and it made me think of the fact that Eve, the rapper singer, has like a bear claw. Like it has like a sort of paw tattoo, but it's from being a rough rider, not from being a bear. Yeah. She's not a bear. Yeah, yeah. I think hers are more like like, like cheetah paws. Like Yeah, cheetah paw, rough rider, yeah, yeah, rider yeah, die. Yeah. yeah, not like I'm a like I'm a bear in the gay bear community and I only date guys that look exactly like me. I'm sorry, that's a read, but <laughs> but um I if if in this fictional fi, fi, fictional world, I can't words are hard today. In this fictional world of daddies. I'm assuming that Donald Trump is not our president. I mean, so I feel like it can support this many daddies. That world, <laughs> so can't have so many daddies in that world. So, in this ideal world, <laughs> I would give him a chance. This ideal daddy world where no one fucked up the country, <laughs> right? Is that all the daddies? Is that everyone? That's every daddy that we know of. Did Unless you there's secret. What if there's secret unlockable daddies? If, there's, if, there's a, if I can unlock a secret daddy. God, if I can unlock a robot daddy who's just an actual <laughs> android. I want to be so fucking horny and for that robot. And he's just beep bop boop. He doesn't even God, say word. <laughs> just give me a horny ass fucking android daddy, please. Make that an unlock. Gang Grumps, you hearing me right now? TLC. 
I want to fuck a robot. So do you just want to make a gay version of Chobits? Is that what you're saying? Yes, I do. <laughs> I'm gonna have to figure out where that where my my Chobits power button is, and it's gonna be in his butthole. <laughs> That's a deep Chobits reference, y'all. It's re- <laughs> Even <laughs> Chobits is fucked up. It's really problematic. <laughs> it's also very good, but it's yeah. very problematic. Yeah. Oh my god. <laughs> Can you imagine, like, you, oh, owner's manual, I have to press this robot's prostate for it to turn on. <laughs> even even a robot's, fucking robots yep. enjoy prostate simulation. Just like your life. He's more human than we are. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> That's the true moral of the story. Wow. <clears throat> uh, cool. I think we did all the daddies. That's enough about daddies. <laughs> yes. Moving right. along from Dream Daddy. <laughs> Okay, cool. What do you want to talk about next? Um, looking at our itinerary of things to talk about that's not Dream Daddy. So um, structured. <clears throat> I'm going to choke. This is so funny. Um, let's talk about Doomfist. Oh, my God. Yes. Talking about da- Speaking of daddies. Yeah, speaking of... So, we're still talking about daddies. Um, oh so, Doomfist just got announced in Overwatch, and I'm very excited. Have you played with them yet? I haven't got onto the PTR to play with briefly, them. Very briefly on the uh-huh. PTR. Um, my Overwatch on PC is laggy as hell, so mm-hmm. I can't play on the PC. And Because I've tried, and I've tried so many times that I have a 75% EXP penalty, and I have to play 15 matches to lift it. No, TJ. Have you tried like uninstalling it completely and like reinstalling it, or I haven't done that because your computer is so. strong enough for Overwatch. Yeah, yeah, and like, and I was playing it before on max settings, and it was fine. So I have to figure it out. Um, yeah, I might need to get a new wireless thing for mine for my uh, for my PC, but I don't know. Uh. And what's weird is that I, when I stream, I play it in the same place that I play the PC version that I would play the PC version and I have no problems. I don't, I haven't had, I've had next to no issues with overwatch on PS4. Like no problems. Yeah. You never, when we play together, you never have issues with it. Never. So besides like, you know, not being great. Um, no, you're very good. You're very good. Oh, thank you. (laughs) Oh, except you're always like, ah, I'm diva. And I'm like, fuck. And, and I gotta pick somebody. And then else. you're like, but you've been so sweet. You're like, oh, do you want to be her? And I'm like, no. You, I'm like, no. You can play. I'll be. And then no one plays Diva. Yeah. And then, <laughs> yeah. Then neither of us pick Diva. Then somebody else else, and we're both angry because they're bad. Yeah. Now Jackie swoops in and is like, I'm Diva. And I'm like, fuck Jackie, come on. <laughs> yeah. So like, while she's still my favorite character, I've I've had to pick up other characters. So that because like typically because everybody likes her, so I just go to some. The game is more fun that way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It is. It is. Um. So I thought it's cool that. Let's see, who, our last, all of the last, like, characters have been added to Overwatch have all been POCs, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Doomfist, Ana, um... Sombra. Uh, Sombra, and then, uh, the centaur... Uh, Arisa. Um, yeah, Arisa, who's, like, creator is a young black girl. Mm-hmm. Um, I just think that's dope. <clears throat> yeah. That, like, they've all been different POCs. Yeah, um, and I love that. And what was funny, well, I guess it's not really funny, but what's kind of like, mm, is uh, that all of, uh, of Talon or Blackwatch or whatever the, the bad group is, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. that 
all of the bad guys are all people of color. Oh, mm, yeah, I guess so because what it's it's, it's Doomfist, it's, it's Doomfist, Reaper, Sombra, and then no, and then um, so they have one, they have white girl on there. They have a uh, Widowmaker. Well, she's blue. Oh, she's yeah, white. but she's she was white. She was white. Yes, yeah, she's um, French. Yeah, so like the yeah, so there's still more people of color that are good guys that outweigh the people of color that are bad. Yeah. So I'm like, okay. Um, and my only like concern that I kind of had with Doomfist, this was up until I read his backstory, was that it's like, oh, like we still are, we still have this narrative of of male black characters being like, oh, their backstory, they were in prison and they're angry and this and that. But after after reading, uh. Doofus's backstory, which he's more driven by wanting to uh, like change the world for it to be like he wants to he wants to catapult the world into this crisis that'll ultimately make the world better. Like that crisis mm-hmm. has to happen in order for society to be better. Um, I get that, and I and I understand that, and I think that's a definitely a, a different take on the team being like, oh, I'm angry because Soldier Seventy Six put me in jail or something like that. So I'm happy that it's not that. But I would, and I would be more upset if he were the only male black quote unquote character in the game, because we have Lucia who is Brazilian, but is, you know, African and like Brazilian, like he, yeah. Yeah. He's Um, black Latinx. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Which is common. Mm -hmm. Which is very common. Um, So in contrast to Lucia, who was like awesome, happy go lucky, wants to help everybody. The sweetest boy. the, The sweetest boy. And then you have that. So I'm not as in context of the entire world that is overwatch like it's cool that he it's it's fine that he's a black man and and angry and like bad when we have one that's also like black and good so yeah so it was like i was like sorting through all my emotions about it i was like uh like can we have less narratives about black men that are like coming are like oh like part of their backstories that they were in prison like there's so there's so much of that i would like to see less of that but beyond that, I love him as a character. I think he's great. Yeah, I, I would like to give um, Blizzard some benefit of the doubt, mm-hmm. where I think I think that they have all these rad POC characters they wanted to add to the game. Yeah. And I think that they probably also realized that Talon, like, no one's in Talon mm-hmm. <laughs> in the game. Yeah. Like, just no one's a part of Talon. Yeah. Um, they're, and so they're, I think, slowly adding to that Talon roster. Yeah. To some degree. Mm-hmm. Um. Uh, also, I do like that. Like, as far as lore goes, Sombra is maybe in between. Yeah, I feel like Sombra like, don't, is in between. Yeah, we don't know who she's for. Mm-hmm. Um, but no, I, I do think optically um, that can look weird. Mm-hmm. Uh, I definitely saw white people getting upset online. Like, ugh, like all the all the Overwatch characters that have been released since launch have all been like brown people. What the fuck? Look, this is social justice, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, welcome to the jungle, motherfucker. Like, yeah, welcome to the jungle, where when every other fucking game, it's like all the DLC characters are like pretty white straight dudes. Or just every character in the fucking game is white. Is white. Yeah. So there's like, oh, this is a person of color here, because we felt like we needed to have one. Mm-hmm. I was like, all right, cool. This, this is equality now. Yeah, this because- is... Yeah. <laughs> our world, like, our world is made up of people that are all different colors and are from all different walks of life. Not everyone in the video games have to be a white person. And if you're so upset by that, think about how people of color feel when we when there's one character and it's a giant walking stereotype. 
just go play Soldier 76. Yeah. Whatever. <laughs> like, yeah, play, play Tracer, Soldier 76, Mercy, uh, fucking Torbjorn, Torbjorn um, Reinhardt, uh, what's his face? Uh, McCree. Like, there's no shortage of representation of you in this game. In, right. In, mul- in multiple body types and in multiple age groups. Like, you're okay. Yes, there is Junkrat. a white character for you. Junkrat. Yeah. Uh, Roadhog. Ro- yeah. Well, I think Roadhog is, like, Pacific Islander. Oh, is he? Yes. That makes sense with the costumes then. So that's what I'm thinking is that he's that he's definitely some sort of Pacific Islander or something like that. I know yeah, I know that that Roadhog is not white. Oh, uh, okay, yeah, cool, cool. Roadhog cool. is definitely not white. Um but yeah, there's and that's the beauty about Overwatch is that there's literally something for almost everybody. Mm-hmm. And that's what games should be where you get to if you don't get to make your own character that you have it's a wide selection of characters that you have all these options. But on this podcast, we talk about that a lot. And I think all of our listeners, for the most part, know this. <laughs> so we don't have to yeah. beat them over the head with it. But um, I, yeah, I think doing this is cool. I am curious to see how he will fit into the meta of the game. They've already nerfed his, like, charge fist attack, where he, like, kind of shoots across the screen. Yeah. They've already nerfed it in the PTR. Um, I think it's just already proven to be the range on it is too big. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm surprised he's very fast. Yeah. For being a big guy, he's like very, he's not a tank character. He's mm-hmm. offense. Yeah, he's an offense hero. Yeah. He's a little bit squishy even, um, which is fine because he doesn't, he doesn't look it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I'll, I'll be curious to see what, like, how people counter him and how much he disrupts, like, current meta in the game. Yeah. Um, I did see a GIF set from, uh, from Twitch where they said that it's the new Wombo combo. It's, comboing uh zarya's alt with his so like they get everybody in the in like the gravity orb and then he does his little like punch down thing and everybody just dies oh my god yes which it was so sick when i saw that (laughs) i was like this is fucking dope (laughs) that's a really good combo um i look forward to it to hit the consoles and get out of the ptr yeah yeah and i'm and i'm happy to have another offense hero um, mm-hmm. Because I feel like a lot of people now, like whenever I've been queuing up, um, we have very few offense heroes on my teams. Like I'll have like somebody will be either soldier or Genji, but then I've been placed in so many matches to where I have both Hanzos and Widowmakers, and I'm like, why? Yeah, why? What did I do to deserve this? Yeah, you don't don't need two snipers ever ever. Um. And I, I, as much as I love Widowmaker, unless you are top tier with her, mm-hmm. it's just not a good choice usually. Um, I play Widowmaker when I don't give a fuck, and I just want to. Uh, if I'm like on a hot streak with Widowmaker, then it's fun because people get very angry. Yeah. Oh, every time I'm like, oh, it's a fucking Widowmaker, and then I was like, I'm getting my ass whooped by this Widowmaker, and I'm like, and I'm like, oh, okay. If someone knows what they're doing. Mm-hmm. she'll fuck you up so but that takes a lot of dedication that i don't yes have. it does <laughs> especially on console like she's much easier to play on pc oh for sure for sure um cool all right uh let's see what else we got going on uh summer games on quick just ended uh so um that's uh the next one that'll happen is Awesome Games on Quick, which is always like in January, mm-hmm. uh, and they're both great. They're just—it's a bunch of speed running of it's like a whole week of people speed running video games twenty four hours. 
Um, I got my house hooked on it last uh, AGDQ. Yeah. Where now when it's happening, we just basically have, if someone's awake, the TV's on. Yeah. And we have it streaming in the background. Mm -hmm. Um, And I usually like, we're either doing donations or what's great is that I think both the Yeti and Fangamer will do a bunch of special t-shirts during the event. Mm -hmm. And um, the proceeds, a portion of the proceeds from those t-shirts go to um, whatever the charity is. Uh, So I think Awesome Games Done Quick is always for um, cancer research. And Summer Games is always for uh, Doctors Without Borders, which are both two like really solid charities. Mm -hmm. Um, Because there's some charities out there like Susan G. Komen does some fucked up stuff. Yeah. So I'm like, nah, (laughs) like I'm okay. Yeah. Um, But those are both two charities that are like a really solid. That's awesome. Uh, um, and there's just some great, like, you'll find videos now. I think they're posting all the videos from it slowly online mm-hmm. to go back if you want to watch them. Yeah. There's an eight hour Final Fantasy VII speedrun um, that I've, I've watched a little bit of it. And it's really good because the speedrunners who are doing it are great. They're, like, really chill, really nice to listen to. Mm-hmm. Um, they're super knowledgeable about the game. So it's just interesting to listen to. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, and then because, like, sometimes you get people doing their speedruns where it's just, like, they're kind of very frustrating to listen to yes. in a hyper nerdy way mm-hmm. where it's like, okay, can't handle these boys right now. <laughs> yeah. Um, but it's great. So uh, if you weren't watching it, you missed it. Um, but I just wanted to make people aware of it because in January we'll have it come back around again. Mm-hmm. Um, also just if you are interested, the speedrun community is like crazy supportive. Yeah. Um, I feel like they're like a really like good group of people. Every time I watch it, I'm always like, I want to sp- like learn how to speedrun speed a game. And then I remember that I have no time for anything as it is. Yeah. And it takes you like hundreds of hours to really get top tier mm-hmm. at speedrunning a game. Mm-hmm. Um, but the re- resources are out there. You can always like find the people that speedrun it. They have guides about like what routes you need to do mm-hmm. or what methods and all that stuff. And it's just, it's just very cool. Yeah. Yeah. They're definitely fun to watch. I know uh, my boyfriend will. We always watch YouTube videos before we go to bed. And sometimes we'll just watch speedrunning videos until we both are just like, okay, time to pass out. But, like, it's, yeah, it's so cool and fascinating to watch people, like, exploit little, like, glitches and things like that in these games and beat them in fractions of the time that it would take us Um, regular folks to do it. All of the N64 Zelda speedruns are amazing because that game's glitchy as fuck. Mm -hmm. Um and uh, the Doom 2016 speedrun from this year mm-hmm. is rad, just because they use a glitch in it that just makes it look insane. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's just very, very fun. So I definitely recommend people to go look at that. I'll have to check that out. Um, I do want to mention one other thing, too, before we move on, because I think we should probably move on to the next topic after this. Um, Pearl and Marina from yes. Splatoon 2 are amazing. Yes. And, and can we take a moment just to talk about all of these all of these brown people being put into Nintendo games. Yeah, Nintendo woke up. They woke like, up this from, year. I don't know what the fuck happened. Yeah. yeah. Um, I honestly do think that they are listening to a lot of what Nintendo of America has to say. I mean... In terms of n- representation, which is a good thing. So Japan's like a big video game market, but it's not the big video game market anymore. Right. It's like America and Europe. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I really do think a lot of the Japanese devs are realizing that they have to sort of branch out how they make characters look mm-hmm. and even how gameplay is like we've seen a lot of Nintendo games that take it, are taking cues from Western design mm-hmm. like Breath of the Wild. Yeah. Which again, it's one of the best 
Zelda games of all time now. And mm-hmm. yeah, it's it's really cool to see. It's really cool to see what they're doing um, because they've Nintendo has been and they still are for for various things for various reasons under fire for particular things. And I think that there's still a lot of things that they could do a lot better. Um, but seeing at least these uh, these strides in diversifying characters is really great. And I think a lot of that has to do with the younger designers being taking the helm of all of these all of their games now. Like oh, for the sure. art direction of arms is incredible. Um, and that's the Mario Kart team that made that game. And Splatoon 2, which is a lot of the people from Animal Crossing, um, mm. are doing a fantastic job with this. And Pearl and Marina are incredible designs. I love, like, Marina is the obvious standout for this game. I don't think there's I feel con- bad for Pearl. Yeah, it's like, not I feel a contest bad. because uh, <laughs> no. Callie and Marie was, was, like, literally 50-50. Well, they're, like, they looked almost the same, to be fair. Yeah, yeah, and they almost looked the same, too. And <laughs> I'm not sure if you've seen this on, on Twitter or not, but um, somebody compared Pearl to, um, have you seen the movies Cat, uh, Cats Don't Dance? No. It's one that movie's fantastic and you should watch it. But Cats there's this character um, named Darla Dimple, and Pearl looks just like the character Darla Dimple in it. And when someone like put them side by side, I screamed. It's so funny. Castone Dance okay. is amazing. So you I think I know it. this film. I don't think if I've wa- if I if I watched it, I was like a baby. Um, so when I saw Pearl, I was like, "That's Yolandi." From fucking um, Die Antwoord. <laughs> she looks a lot like Yolandi from Die Antwoord. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I'll watch, I'll watch Cats Sunday. It's really good. If you like a good like animal musical movie, it's, uh-huh. it's real cute. It's one of my But favorites. Marina is just like... Perfect. Just perfect? Perfect. Like everything about her design um, is just... Perfect. Like the moment I saw her, I was just like, oh, I was like, like yep. love and cherish, protect this. Yeah. I'm like, yep. Like this is, she's, she's perfect. It made me, and again, as someone who could not get into Splatoon 1, I, all of the design stuff in Splatoon 2, uh, Pearl and Marina, it's making me like want to buy it just to like see if I can get into it. Did you and watch I feel the, like I probably, did you watch the direct? Did you watch the direct for it? No, I didn't. You should. You should watch it. But as you were saying, okay. I didn't mean to interrupt you. I'm sorry. No, no, please, mm-hmm. please. Um, like, I'll probably still end up buying it to play with friends. Because mm-hmm. um, I feel like that's a good way to make me maybe get into it. Mm-hmm. But I just love all the d- design aesthetic in that game. Yeah. It's so good. Also, Marina is not a squid kid. She's an octoling. Yeah, she's an octoling. Yep. Which is interesting. I'm curious. Because, like, last time I checked, that's like a war that is still ongoing mm-hmm. between the squids and octolings. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I'm curious, like, what that's about in-game. Yeah. And what's really cool, um, uh, there's uh, a guy, I think his name is Tristan Cooper, that's on that's on Twitter. And he really knows his stuff about games in general. And he posted some side-by-side stuff to kind of show the, the visual enhancements for Splatoon 2 over the first game. Yeah. And while to... The average consumer, they might not really notice that much of it, but there are some major, like, fidelity, like, enhancements that they've made to that game. It looks a lot smoother. Um, it just looks, like, the, I think it's a lot of the the shaders and the lighting looks a lot better 
in this game. Yeah, too. I saw those side by sides, and I was just like, oh wow. Yeah. Because like, from just seeing them not side by side, I didn't notice that difference either. Mm-hmm. Um, but then when you see the side by sides, you're just like, oh, this is a, a very big difference. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that comes out while I'm in Hawaii. So you fucked up, DJ. I know. I mean, I'm gonna find a game. I mean, I'm sure there are plenty. So I'm gonna definitely I'll, run to now my stop. Definitely gonna buy it so I can like tweet about it and like send you text messages and be like, "Look what I'm playing, DJ! I'm having so much fun." And I'm like, "Look at me on the beach drinking fucking mai tais." And Splatoon, Splatoon is better. I'm <laughs> <laughs> um, Splatoon is better than your fucking Hawaii trip. Uh, Fuck off! <laughs> look at me hanging out with Marina. Fuck your Hawaii trip. <laughs> yeah, so I think I'll probably end up picking it up while I'm out there because I need it badly. Mm. I need it. Badly. Uh, cool. Yeah. Let's see what's next. Um. What do you want? What do, we, what do you want to talk let's about? Let's talk about some fucking anime. Let's take let's take a little break and then talk about some anime. Hell yeah, let's do it. Yeah, let's do it. So, you know what time it is. It's anime time. Beginning of the summer season. And, it's getting hot outside. And what's your hot take for this hot summer season? I mean, so not everything's had a first episode come out. Okay. So, uh, I feel like I say this every season, and then I'm wrong. Mm. But this season truly looks like there's nothing to watch. Um, and I was wrong last time I said that last season. I, there was stuff that ended up being very good. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm not going to quite say that, but... We'll have to see. It doesn't look promising. Mm-hmm. Um, what I can say is we still have uh, My Hero Academia, or if you want to be weeby about it, Boku no Hero Academia. Um, though the good thing about calling it Boku no Hero Academia is you can call it Binha, um, <laughs> which is what we call it in the house all the time. <laughs> it's like, you guys see Binha? Uh, because like, Mha is a, Mha's okay. But it's not Beanha. Beanha is so much better. <laughs> and I never, I always have called uh, Naruto just Naruto. But yeah. it wasn't until um, when you and Aaron came out here that I started calling it Nart. Oh, God. <laughs> there's no reason to call it Nart. It's just the stupidest name for it. <laughs> it's like you save like two syllables. Yeah. Uh, good old Nart. <laughs> um, speaking of, Bart is still going. <laughs> Baruto. It's, I tried to watch another episode i haven't even gotten to episode 10 but like Mm. i am just it's not good i saw a clip from episode 14 that was like this like really well animated fight and i was like maybe and then i was just like nah ruben that's how they get you so they do a good fight scene yeah and that's and that's you know that's kind of what got me into naruto as well to begin with anyway but i have the first volume of the manga and i read it in like an hour and I really enjoyed that part of what I read. So whenever the anime gets there, I'll probably start watching it. And I think they're about to. I think I read an article that they're sort of setting things up to get to where the manga started. Yeah. Um, and then, yeah, maybe I'll be more in- more into it. But yeah. currently, mm, don't care about part. Um, so uh, we still have Beanha uh, mm-hmm. happening, which is still fantastic. It's, it's so good. And one little note about that is it's my new favorite thing to do on Saturday mornings because that's when the episodes air. So it's like mm-hmm. getting up and watching Saturday morning cartoons again. 
Yes, it's like pour me with my lucky charms yeah. and put on some bean ha. Mm-hmm. Put on put on that that sweet bean ha and <laughs> I'm not going to be an adult. I'm not going to make like pancakes or like sausage and eggs or anything. Mm-hmm. Um I might have a mimosa though. That's the adult part. Mm-hmm. Yes. <laughs> Is day drinking. That's the adult uh, part. Always, always and forever day <laughs> drinking. So absolutely, I can I couldn't agree more with that. But it yeah, it's so good. It's so it's good. Very good. Um Rage of Bahamut Virgin Soul is still going, um, which is like, man, I forget sometimes how charming and perfect that show is. Like, My Hero Academia is amazing if you want a really good, amazing, just fun shonen show, Mm -hmm. but uh, Bahamut Virgin Soul is just... The main character, Nina, makes that show. She's just so charming and so fun, Um, and everyone in it is. I'll have to watch it. I have not... I've been looking for other stuff to watch, because I... I know that they're planning on doing another season of Sailor Moon Crystal or something. There's another project mm-hmm. happening, and I'm hoping that it's the fourth season, but in the style of season three, because season three was actually really good um, of Crystal. But uh, yeah, I need some other stuff to watch. So uh, Rage of Bahamut, I'll definitely have to put that on my watch list for sure. Um, and there's two, there's two seasons of it, okay. or not two seasons. There's like. Uh, I guess this would be like season four. It depends, how, it depends how you think of anime seasons. If you think of them as like 12 or 13 episodes, mm-hmm. then they're about to go into the fourth season. Okay. Um, but there's Rage of Bahamut Genesis, mm-hmm. uh, which I think is on Hulu. Okay. Um, and then Virgin Soul. And like that like follows, it follows certain characters, mainly a soldier character, Kaiser, and a bounty hunter, uh, Favaro. Mm-hmm. And then uh, season two follows Nina, who's a dragon folk character. Mm-hmm. Um and uh, you can start at season two mm-hmm. if you want to, okay. And have a pretty good like. There's going to be some stuff that's really important that you might have to like slowly kind of figure out or piece together. Mm-hmm. But I think that you could definitely start watching season two and then come back around to season one if you want to, okay. Like, because I, I think for people that are interested, season one's really really fun and really good. Um, Nina makes the show so much though, is that if you want to get into it. I would say it's not a bad idea to maybe watch the first six or seven episodes mm-hmm. of the new series because Nina will make you fall in love with every herself and everyone mm-hmm. and then go back and watch the uh, Genesis. Okay. Um, the only bad thing is I think Virgin Soul is, I believe, only on Anime Strike. I have words to say about Anime Strike, so... Um, Some Amazon business. Yeah, so that's a good, that's a good segue because I was going to say um, I'm... I'm really excited about Welcome to the Ballroom, but I don't think it's going to do well because it's on Anime Strike. And for those of you that aren't um, aware of what Anime Strike is, um, Anime Strike is Amazon's anime streaming channel. But the the rub with this, which is awful, is that the only way to get Anime Strike is that you have to have Amazon Prime, which is $100 a year. And it's another $5 on top of it to get Anime Strike. So you can't... Wait. So you can't get Anime Strike on its own? No. You have to have Amazon Prime. So I knew that you had to pay on top of Prime. Wow. You have, really? You have to have Prime. That is... That is fucked up. I just read about that because I was, they were talking about... Because uh, I was like, what the fuck is Anime Strike? And so I looked into it. And they were... You know, they're they're trying to get in on the anime business and all that stuff. But the reason why Crunchyroll has over a million subscribers is because it's six or seven dollars a month 
and you have access to 90% of what's airing right now currently in Japan, like, the same day. Like, it, it just, it doesn't make, it doesn't make sense if they want people to, like, sign on to Anime Strike. Amazon's still gonna get their money if they let people pay for it a la carte. Like, there's no reason to put it behind an additional paywall of a hundred dollars so i'm really i'm really upset about welcome to the ballroom being an anime strike thing because i'm not gonna watch it yeah it's it's one of those things where um i might because i already have prime yeah i might pay for it Mm -hmm. but at the same time i'm like it's hard because so that's the thing i want to talk about too is crunchyroll this season doesn't seem to have nearly as much as usual Mm -hmm. and not as much as the not as much of the really big series by like not as much of the really promising things um one thing i'll give i'll give up to uh anime strike and netflix is that whoever is doing their purchasing um has pretty good taste Mm -hmm. and also they probably just have more fucking money to throw around than crunchyroll they they, um yeah they're, there's no way they don't. Yeah. There's no way that yeah. Amazon. I mean, as, as companies, Netflix and Amazon have more. They're bigger companies than Crunchyroll. Mm-hmm. Um, now, however much money they budget to acquiring anime licenses, I don't know. Yeah. But as far as pockets to dig into, they have more. Yeah. And so what sucks is that um, Crunchy, which in general is just a really good service, mm-hmm. um, instead, all the stuff that you might really want to watch that season is going to be on anime striker Netflix. And if it's on Netflix, you don't get to watch it for four months yeah. because Netflix won't post it until the entire series is done. Yeah. And even when that happens, so they, they weren't going to post little witch academia until the entire show was done and it was 26 episodes or 24. Mm-hmm. So that's like half a year. Yeah. So you're going to be watching it six months after Japan where they, from what I understand, Netflix, Japan simulcasted it. Yeah. Um, so I don't know why they're not doing it here. Yeah. And they didn't release the entire series. They released the first 13 episodes. Yeah. I don't know if they haven't dubbed the rest of it or what's going on, but if you want to binge it, you can't, you can binge the first 13 and that's all. Yeah. They fucked it up. It's like the worst release for a really excellent series that no one's going to watch now. Right. And then like, cause Funimation's doing it right. And they do, and like, if Funimation can do as many simul dubs as they are right now, there's, there's no reason that Amazon or Netflix can't do the same thing. Like there's just no, there's like, they have the money to be able to make that, that make that kind of, uh, kind of thing happen. So, or even just like just releasing it on a weekly basis, like every other streaming service does. So they are really fucking up the, the model for how anime works because I feel like they don't understand it. They're just acquiring titles because they know anime is popular, but they don't understand how the distribution model works. So it's great that, you know, we're getting more content, but it needs to be available in the same way that it's, that it is on every other platform that does it, that does anime exclusively. The, the only things, and I'm just, there's actually like one of the first hits, if you type in anime strike is a Forbes article Mm -hmm. about how uh, fans aren't crazy about it, but they are paying for it. Like it's performing better than they expected. Mm -hmm. One of the things they do that is nice um, is that you can download episodes. Mode. Yeah. So offline mode is really nice if you're traveling and you want to watch it. Mm-hmm. Um, and would be something cool for Crunchy to do. Yeah. Um, but like besides the anime streaming industry, like 
if there's something I want to watch, I'll like if I can't, I'll find a way to watch it. <laughs> anyway. Yeah, and, and that's and uh, that's what I think I'm gonna have to do with Welcome to the Ballroom. I'm not happy about having to do that for Welcome to the Ballroom, but uh, yeah, we'll see. Like I will support things in whatever other way I can, yeah. but if I just don't like, I'm already paying 100 bucks a month for Prime, and they're wanting another 60 for this, and I just I don't know how I feel about it. Yeah. Like I might shell out for it because I want to support the industry. Yep. I don't want to support Anime Strike's model. I honestly am more upset with Netflix because yeah. at least Anime Strike is simulcasting stuff. Mm-hmm. And Netflix is like, cool, you want to watch this thing that you're excited about? Cool. You you get to watch it six months later. Yeah. Which is complete bullshit. Yeah. Um, anyway. Yeah. Um, so that said, Virgin Souls on Anime Strike. Mm-hmm. Um, so if you have Prime and you want to get Anime Strike, five bucks more a month. If not, whatever shady ways you want to get it, you know, do that. Um dive which is the new like gay swimming anime Mm -hmm. (laughs) but it's about diving um i watched the first it's a sports anime i guess Mm -hmm. i watched the first episode i wasn't crazy about it um nothing there was like interesting to me uh i did watch and i think dive dive might also be anime strike um i watched a thing that's uh kake gururi i don't know if that's pronounced right at all that's Netflix picked that up, so you can only watch it if you do it uh, in less than legal means. Mm-hmm. Um, that might be the sort of trash I like. It's a anime about a private school where everyone's super rich and everyone loves to gamble. Mm-hmm. And so it's just about like, and if you like gamble and you go into debt, like this, the show opens up with this blonde twin tails girl gambling against a guy and he loses. And so he becomes the like house pet. Yeah. And so he's just everyone's manservant, basically. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the entire first episode is this new transfer student who's very, very sweet and seems very kind. Yeah. And so she goes into a gambling match with uh, the uh, the shitty twin tail girl and proceeds to wreck her. <laughs> um, and it's all like it's a it reminds me of like Death Note or like any series where they talk about like all the strategy they're doing as they do it. And there's all these twists about who's going to win because it's like, Oh, I, you've triggered my trap card. You know, I love, <laughs> um, I love that shit. There, it's so much talking, uh, but I love that shit. I love it. And this is Mappa's doing it. So it actually looks pretty okay, good. Cool. And it has one of my favorite things, which is anime characters making, especially like pretty girl anime characters making super uh, gross faces. faces. Yeah. That are like almost like almost hentai esque, like ridiculous, like and just gross in general. Um, the opening to that show is dope. The animation and the song in the opening mm-hmm. is great. The ending is like the worst ending oh, I've seen. No. It's like it's the main character who has like gigantic boobs. Mm-hmm. Uh, the transfer girl who comes in the first episode. It's just like her walking with a bunch of titty bounce animated and then a bunch of like panty shot animated. <sighs> and then it's just her walking and they like switch camera angles, but it's really just the same like four shots. Mm-hmm. And then it's like, Oh, it's raining. So now you can like see through her shirt and like Man. her top buttons have flown off. So it's just like bra and titties and it's lazy and dumb. Uh, but th- when I was watching it, I was like, this is the kind of trashy shit I tend to like. So <laughs> I might keep watching that. Um, if you want to watch it legally though, you get, don't, it'll be in six months. Um, thank you, Netflix for being stupid. Uh, I have not watched Castlevania yet, but I've heard it's very I good. I watched the first episode of Castlevania, and it's only four episodes, so there's mm-hmm. that. Um, it's weird. It's one of those things where it's like, I don't really consider that to be anime. Anime? Quote, unquote. Yeah. But it draws enough from it that it might as well be one. Um, it's really graphic, and it's very bloody, which 
I'm glad they didn't shy away from that because if you're going to do Castlevania, I think that's like the perfect IP to do that with. Um, it's really good. I, we, me and Brandon watched the first episode together and we were like, holy shit. All my friends who've watched it have been like, oh, this is like really fucking good. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they have eight more episodes on order. Yeah. So it's going to keep going for at least 12 episodes. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm excited to watch it. I just haven't gotten around to it. I've heard that it actually has a lot of um, like Vampire Hunter D yeah, vibes. Yes. I would agree with that 100%. Yes. And I love Vampire Hunter D. So I'm very excited Me about that. Me too. I agree. Um, let's see. Uh, I did watch Ballroom. Mm-hmm. It's it's weird. Um, Ballroom is really gorgeously animated. Mm-hmm. I kind of hate the art style though Mm -hmm. um everyone's necks are like not just like anime long like weird Mm -hmm. anime long Mm -hmm. like really long um and you kind of start to not see it i think after a while yeah or at least get used to it but it was just the line the way the line weights are is really weird they're very very sketchy Mm-hmm. Like the very first shot they show the main character, he looks dead. Like the way that they do his eyes mm-hmm. and how they have him drawn, he just looks like he's a dead person. Mm-hmm. Um but it's production IG, so it's really well animated. Yeah. Um and I liked the first episode. It's definitely going to be it's going to be a sports anime, yeah. Oh, 100%. Yeah. yeah. Um but I think I really only liked the first episode because the female lead seemed like she was chill Mm -hmm. and the uh the ballroom instructor is like kind of a shitty daddy Mm -hmm. so i was like okay i like this character he's good um so i think it's definitely worth checking out okay yeah the net yeah the next are a little are touch long but like Uh, but, but like the drawings themselves are beautiful watch uh watch the opening to it yeah and there is a couple different shots where it's like the necks are just Law. I mean, giraffe long. It's yeah, very weird. I'll have to. I'll have to cue that up. But yeah. Um. Yeah. Like I saw the animation for it. And it looked really good. And because it's based off of a manga, and the manga yes, like looks like that. Um. So I, I think it works in, manga, in a manga, right? Yeah. Like sometimes art looks really good in manga, and it doesn't translate to an anime. Simon Crystal's a prime example of that. Yes. So I think that's what we're seeing here is that because I've seen the uh, screen captures from the manga and I'm like, okay, cool. I can dig this in motion in an anime. Mm -hmm. uh, I don't know how much I think it works. Uh, I think that you quickly stop seeing Mm -hmm. it. But at first I was definitely like, what the fuck is going on with this art style? Yeah. Do you think it's one of those things kind of like, I think for people that have never played a Persona game, how, how long the characters are in general in Persona are? I mean... I get, but even in Persona didn't didn't register me as it didn't register to me as being that long. Mm-hmm. Um, like these, the, okay. No, that, the I, next, I, I just looked at a, I just pulled up a uh, a PV for it. Oh yeah, yeah. There, that's a little. That ballroom dancer who's leaning back in like the opening shot, mm-hmm. and her neck is like I don't know two feet long. Uh, the the necks in ballroom are like necks in ballroom are the same as legs are for any clamp. <laughs> like thing. Uh, mm. like where every clamp yeah. thing everyone's legs are like 90% of their body yeah. as much as I love clamp shit yeah. um, it's it's that so mm. it just looks like I don't know it just looks like someone's bad anime fan art sometimes yeah um, and I just looked up the art for dive I don't like it no it's not good I don't like the art for dive at all because it's like because like at least with free like they're anatomy was 
like actual swimmer bodies with they also looked like men they look, and they looked like men but i don't like the way that no everyone in dive looks like a shoda that has a six-pack for some reason yeah, i don't like it i don't like I don't it like it uh so the only thing i watched that's a new series so far this season that like i was legitimately impressed by and really excited about is made in abyss which is an anime strike one Mm -hmm. um it's uh it's interesting the backgrounds in it are gorgeous like i mean beautiful beautiful backgrounds Mm -hmm. the character designs are almost Mm chibi-esque and the show definitely um focuses on a group of children so like they are kids um but it's very very simple like almost cutesy Mm -hmm. and the adults are obviously drawn as adults but they're still kind of cutesy looking to some degree uh so it's just it's almost jarring that it has such beautifully painted backgrounds but the art for the characters is so cutesy that said the world is really interesting it's basically about um it's an island that has this huge pit in the center of it Mm -hmm. and no one knows how deep it is, but there's this entire like civilization, this whole city of basically um, explorers. And all they do is go down to the pit to find like ancient relics and stuff. And because it's this huge pit, it has its like own ecosystem with prehistoric animals and stuff in it. And um, the first episode is just about this, this young girl who's part in this orphanage who is, um, they have like different classes for how far you can go down. So she has like, she can go down a hundred meters, but no like farther than that. Whereas like adults can go down to like 600 meters or whatever. Mm -hmm. Um, she runs into like, uh, a boy saves her, but he like shoots this like huge beam out of his hand. Mm -hmm. And he's like a robot boy. Um, so it's like the mystery of who this robot boy is and what he is, the mystery of the pit. I've heard that the manga gets like real fucked up. Yeah. Which I'm very excited about, because mm-hmm. I do like the idea of a very, very beautiful series with very cutesy characters that gets very dark. Yep. Um, but thus far, it's really interesting. Okay. So if you're going to pay, if you have Prime and you want to pay five bucks a month for something, that's definitely, Made in Abyss is one of those things I saw that I was like, oh, fuck, okay, that actually looks really rad. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, pay your five bucks and get Virgin Soul and Made in the Abyss, Made in Abyss, and I think is ballroom also Ballroom's is, anime strike. Is also anime strike. I was at first the first ten minutes of ballroom. I was like, eh, I don't know. But then as it, I kept watching the episode, I was like, okay, I think I like all these characters enough. Mm-hmm. So it is though. I mean, a paint by the numbers sports anime. Yep, and I'm trash, and I love a good sports anime. So I hope it. Mm-hmm. I hope it's even if it's paint by numbers. I hope that it is at least good. I like a good sports and anim- all you have to do is have really really charming characters mm-hmm. for me to like a sports anime. Yeah. That's it. Cuz the setup of a sports anime is is fun enough. Mm-hmm. So um but that's all I've watched. I know that there's a new season of New Game coming out, which people loved the first season. Mm-hmm. Um I was like so-so about it. Yeah. It was it was really cute. Sometimes I get sick of anime number 584 that is is about cute girls doing a thing in this case it's like working for a game company Mm -hmm. and then it just not being that interesting past that yeah um but i know a lot of people love that series so there's another season of that um i haven't watched centaur's worries yet which is a manga series that a lot of my friends like that's about a school full of like girls that are all fantasy creatures Mm -hmm. and the main character is a centaur uh crunchyroll has that so i'll probably at least check it Mm out um also i kind of want to watch uh hina logic because it's just it looks like magical girl uh trash 
and it's really colorful looking and cute. So I was like, well, maybe I'll see if that's good. Mm-hmm. Lot. And it's from like the oh yeah, yeah yeah, it's from the Luck and Logic series, which I don't know anything about. But the art from all the Luck and Logic stuff I've seen is very good, very extra. Oh yeah, magical. Oh no, shit. It's, it looks really good. It looks really really good. I just put up a screen cap of it. It's cute. Mm-hmm, that's mm-hmm. about to check it out. That's it. That's all, that's all I've watched. So if you have watched something, if you've checked something out that I haven't that you thought was really good and you want me to check out, at me about it. Let me know. Mm-hmm. And then I will let you know what I think about it on the next episode. <laughs> uh, whether good or bad. So right. make sure you got them good recs. Yeah, so please send us your recommendations and you can send them to... Um, you can just go to our website, uh, magicalboyspodcast.com and fill out the form that's on our homepage and send us recommendations, questions, comments, snide remarks, all that good stuff. And what's great is that I put out a little tweet from our account and I reshared it on mine for people that wanted to be guests and we got a bunch of, oh wow a bunch of people wanting to be guests on our show so uh i haven't gotten back to everyone yet but yes i have seen your emails that you want to be guests on our show we can definitely make that happen we will align schedules so that we can do that um but i do want to pull up um because we did get some listener mail a little bit ago uh hell yeah let me let me pull it up let's see Give me that listener, man. Mm, we got some. So I want to pull that up real. Makes me feel important. Makes I, me feel like people are listening to the show. I know. <laughs> I know. Um, so let's see. Let's see. Let's see. Um, I'm trying to pull this up. Okay. Um, this one comes from Roderick. And this one, this we got this back in May. So like we've been busy so sorry that was taking so so long to get to you um the subject of the email is in all caps i love you guys also about the dungeon after futaba um so message i can't make i can't make this question without spoiling something but so again um, before i get into this if you haven't at least made it to the fourth or fifth palace in persona um, to where you meet Haru Okumura, um, you might mm-hmm. not want to listen to this, but it says, I would love to hear what you guys have to think about Haru, specifically her reaction to what happened after after Okumura's palace, because I was expecting that to go one way, and instead, the direction they took, how she handled it, disappointed me, if I'm being honest. I have no one in my life who I can talk to about Persona, so it would be awesome to hear you two, hear two of my favorite queer gamers in parentheses, I want to be your so fr- your friend so bad. Speak on it. <laughs> I hope you guys are doing well. Peace and love, Roderick. All thank you, well, Roderick. Thank you for the for the message, Roderick. I appreciate that. Yeah, um, super sweet. Yeah. So hit us up. Just tweet at us, and we'll tweet back at you. And yeah, um, we our, we refresh me. That social link. Yeah, get that get that rank mm-hmm. up. Um, so if I remember correctly, I, I'm I'm assuming Roderick's referring to because it's been a minute since I've played mm-hmm. the game. Um, there's a sort of like sexual assault issue that comes up with haru right after that palace yes with her like her uh, forced marriage fiance yeah so they kind of have um <clears throat> haru kind of has an arranged marriage with um mm. the son of, i believe of like another comp- of another like food company it's for like corporate, for corporate games corporate, like yeah. it'll be the corporations will basically make a merger it's what mm-hmm. will set that up yeah and that's what would set that up um yeah um it was weird because i've I felt like that they didn't really... Again, Persona 5 has a huge problem with dealing with, like, 
abuse and assault, especially to women, a huge issue on how they don't deal with the aftermath of those situations. They yes. do, they, they, it need, they, that game doesn't do the girls very well when it comes mm-hmm. to the after effects of what's going on with them after they save them. They don't, they don't handle it very well at all. Um, I thought it was weird because we didn't really, they kind of like dropped off the fiance mm-hmm. thing uh, a bit and just focus on her dad because I think from that point forward is when you start to get more details about um, about uh, people's knowledge of the metaverse. Yeah. Yeah, I think it did feel... I don't know, I felt... Mm, I felt with On's stuff, they addressed it a little bit more. Mm-hmm. And also, we got more information about exactly what happened because it was, I mean, sort of the... It was her whole social link. Set up for a whole palace, mm-hmm. right? For a whole thing. Mm-hmm. Um, with Haru, it did feel like... It it definitely felt felt like creatively they just wanted to make something bad happen, like mm-hmm. to really cement her arranged marriage fiance as a villain, and so they chose to go with a like sexual harassment slash coercion thing happening. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I don't I I'm sure she does to some degree, but if she did, it would have been very little. I feel like Haru maybe addresses it once while talking to you, mm-hmm. but it's very mild and it's not even like, I don't remember it being much more than just being like, this is a thing that sucks and I wasn't happy about it. Yeah. As opposed to like being like, this is a massively um, traumatic thing. Yeah. And I don't know if this is addressed in her confidant social link thing at all. Uh, what the aftermath was with her dad in that whole situation, because I, I only have her at rank two, so unless unless they addressed it in the max rank mm-hmm. cutscene, they don't really, okay. as far as I remember at least, because I got her all the way to what's max rank ten, so I got her up to rank nine, and I don't really think they ever properly addressed it. Okay. It, it just seemed like a sort of cheap usage mm-hmm. uh, and throwaway mm-hmm. to do character development, which is yeah, I mean that game, like we said it before in the show, has problems especially with how it deals with anything with its female characters mm-hmm. for sure mm-hmm. yeah i feel like there was a lot of yeah i, I don't think it was handled very well um with yeah. her at all um but i think that's again that's a huge that's like a huge plot issue with that game in general is that they don't do a very good job of addressing the the mental and emotional stuff that came after their abuse yeah. In the game, they didn't really tackle that at all, which I think is a huge missed opportunity for that to be part of all of their, all, for all the characters that were affected um, by a um, by the metaverse situation to make that part of their confidant ranking ranking up system to to get that resolved for them because I feel like for a lot of them, um, at least for your your direct party members not a lot of it relates to what happened to them in that specific situation. The only one that kind of related to what happened to them is Ryuji. Like, mm-hmm. like Ryuji's whole confidant thing was about all the aftermath after, after what happened with Kamoshida and the whole um, 
and the whole track and field team, which that was the reason why he was so mad at Kamashita to begin with anyway. So Ryuji got that, that level of resolve, but nobody else really did. And I felt like that was, that was a huge missed opportunity in that game to really address those particular issues with those characters that would have tied up all that stuff with a nice bow if you, if that was the emphasis of their confidant ranking up system. I almost look at it as a, mm, it's like narrative aftercare mm-hmm. almost mm-hmm. where if you want to bring, if you want to bring your audience on something on, um, a, on a journey that has something traumatic happening, mm-hmm. I think you, I think you owe it to making, to telling good stories and having good characters mm-hmm to address the trauma and deal with it and really fully explore what the repercussions Mm -hmm. are of that. Mm -hmm. Um, Because I think it's really easy for, if if it's consistently represented in the media as sort of a a thing that just happens or a little side thing and we don't see, especially the the victims, like uh, reactions from it. I think it's just, it makes it easy to be callous to that sort of thing. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Or not understand the importance of it. Mm So I think it's important for the thing that you make to do that, mm-hmm. but also for um, uh, as a player or a reader or a watcher, whatever the medium mm-hmm. is, um, if that's stuff that like affects you, whether it's because you have maybe um, that stuff that you've dealt with in the past or just stuff that you're sensitive mm-hmm. to. And by sensitive to, I mean like you're a compassionate human being and that's yep. like a, a, a upsetting thing to have mm-hmm. to be a part of the media that you consume. Yeah. Um, I think it's good to, I think it's good to your audience to kind of practice that, that aftercare basically of just like Mm -hmm. taking care of them and letting them know that you are going to do right by the character to like make you feel good about the story told. Mm -hmm. Cause we should tell those stories. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, and, and I don't think either of us are saying that like every ending has to be a good ending, but what it Mm -hmm. needs to be is that there needs to be some sort of resolution behind these actions because a lot of it, um, that's what, that's a lot of where I think the game falls short in not addressing the the trauma that the characters face um that the vic- that the victims face after you you um release them from the metaverse or they have their change of heart or whatever it is um i think um that game that game does a lot of things right um but i think it, narratively that's where the game really falls short and you really see that like there weren't a lot of complete thoughts when it comes to some of that stuff because it wasn't even addressed. I think we talked about it at some point in the show, um, but it's something that my girlfriend brought up to me because I didn't think about it when it happened. Mm-hmm. Was that like An goes through the entire first part of the game, like goes through like bad stuff, mm-hmm. um, and then really quickly after that, you're in a situation where you're sort of putting her her privacy of her own body mm-hmm. at risk to uh, the mission stuff that you're doing with uh, Yosuke. With, right with where Yusuke. it's like no, yeah with yusuke, when yusuke sorry it. yusuke yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah when it's like oh like well like he'll draw you naked so we'll use you as bait to mm-hmm. to f- do this other stuff and the fact that like on is pretty like they don't Anna's like not on board with it as far as just like oh no gross yeah but it's not at all related to the major stuff that just yeah, happened and to it's her, like, and that seems and weird it's like, guys this literally just happened to her what are you doing? And then yeah, it's a little bit fucked up of your friends to ask you to right, do this. And then it happens again. And it happens again mm-hmm. when you are at Shido's palace, when you're trying to get the letters of recommendation, it happens again at the third one where you're at the, when you're at the pool, because the guy won't talk to you. He won't talk to the kids and won't talk to the boys, 
But because they have all these fancy designer bathing suits that people can rent out, then he'll talk to the girls. So mm-hmm. that was the whole thing. But it, but like, yeah. And then all, and then they make on have to do it again. Like, but yeah. then for, like for and it's weird because like they ha- Makoto kind of step then Makoto steps in. So at least it's not all on on. But like you guys keep asking of this of her. Like, do you not remember what happened to her with with yeah with Kamoshida? Like. Like Ryuji is not thinking about like An's mental health at all when it came to that when it came to both of those scenarios, and, it, and well, it's, it's his like, idea every each time, like. And it's like I think none of the boys are, and it feels yeah. like it, it, by extension, it feels like the creators aren't. Yeah. Which, if you're making that a major part of your character mm-hmm. setting up off the like beginning, it's just a little bit. Uh, it's not great. Yeah. It's pretty bad it's, it's, to it's not. It's really take that bad. It's really bad. It's really really bad. Like. Like and again, it's like it's a whole. It's very the game is very in like in in some instances very male gazy. And when it when it has the opportunity to be male gazy, which is typically in the female character storyline stuff and the kind mm-hmm. of like and the kind of like uh, extraneous dialogue like in between things, trying to get to next story events, is when you see that happen a lot. And it's not good. Like. There were definitely there were multiple situations in that game to where I was like I'm more offended by that stuff than the stuff with the two gay characters. Oh, That's absolutely, way more problematic. And not, and not that it's a pissy contest of what's more problematic than the other thing, but like if there's anything to be mad at, it's that like that mm-hmm. like the emotional like welfare of those characters are not at all considered at later points in the game, which I think is a huge disappointment and and it's very telling and it's very yeah. telling and it's. It's coming from two people that like love the game. Yeah, yeah. Like I, like Persona is still like Persona Four was my favorite JRPG up until Five, and Five is not my favorite one. But narratively, that game has a ton of issues. Not to mention the like rush job on the localization of the game. Like mm-hmm. they basically had to localize that game that is very dialogue heavy in six months. So, yeah, it, it has a lot of issues. It's still a really good game. Um, it has a lot of issues, but I think it's important, and I say this a lot, I say this like every other week, it's super important for us to be very critical of the things that we love, just as much as things that we don't like. And I mm-hmm. think it's important for us as consumers of these things that we like and enjoy very much to give the feedback, since we have this kind of direct line of access, thanks to social media, to be able to share our feedback and our opinions with the developers, almost basically to their faces. Um to, to, to speak on these things and to write articles about these things, to have conversations about these things, because ultimately they're going to get better if they actually take the feedback of what their fans are saying to heart. Mm-hmm. So, And it, it doesn't mean that we're entitled yeah. to um, make those things happen right. or have those changes happen necessarily, right? Because right? I think that's the other side of fandom mm-hmm. where you know, someone slips up and doesn't think about a thing like this. And then everyone, you know, tells them to go kill themselves and threatens their family and stuff like that. Um, But it's also, I think, important to voice it because I think a lot of the creators with this stuff just don't know. Mm -hmm. Right. Because most of the creators that we have out there are still straight males. Mm -hmm. Um, And, you know, when that's your entire life experience, it, your scope is narrowed about how to, I think, um, Unless someone gives you a reason to, you probably aren't actively working to expand your understanding of things that lie outside your scope, right. like being a woman right. or a queer person. Exactly. Um, and I think that a lot of creators are 
they want that feedback. Mm-hmm. They want to know that stuff so they can do it better in the future. Yeah. Um, or, you know, provide a more platform for, uh, you know, uh, minority groups mm-hmm. to have their own voices mm-hmm. heard. Um, so it's, you know, it's that, it's that balance, which to me is not a hard balance. It's just, you know, be critical, yeah. but don't threaten someone's life. Exactly. And I think having a critique of something doesn't mean that you hate something. And I think because we live in a world today to where we're living in a world of 140 characters that people, that messages are so truncated that you, there's no nuance. Like you Mm -hmm. don't get the nuance unless you make a thread, which then gives you the opportunity in 400, 140 character chunks to create nuance. So it's harder um, with when we're communicating in mediums that that are meant to be short, crisp, and concise little little um, statements, um, you lose that nuance. And it, and I think people tend to take again. We've talked about this before in our po- in our episode about fandom that people tend to take ownership of the things that they love as if they own them or as if they are their their mm-hmm. like their children or something. And I think while having radi- like super passionate. And radical fans, because I would say I would say that both you and I are very passionate about the stuff that we like, but yeah, for sure. but I think there there's a there's a um, a boundary that people tend to uh, jump over, sometimes unintentionally, sometimes intentionally, that um, that becomes combative, and I think that's where a lot of the discourse. Um, comes from when it comes to content and comes to how we in, how we enjoy things and having and having opinions on things that we like. So it's it's all it's hard. It's hard, especially in today's world, to kind of like to have like to have nuance because I feel like a lot of people take things, especially in again in 140 character chunks, very they take them very personally and they take them to heart. It, we're living in a very like. Um more than anything like humans have always been tribal mm-hmm. and sports are that you know oh, you yeah. have your team versus their mm-hmm. team and you hate someone because they are they like another team mm-hmm. um and you know i think it's we're even more fractured now in some yeah. ways with politics and mm-hmm. you know everything else mm-hmm. right now than than that yeah. even um so i think it's more important than ever to like try to remain balanced in understanding and open mm-hmm. um but at the same time also like continue to critique things that you love yeah. because that's how they become better yeah. that's how they grow as art mediums yeah like because I'm sure with the feedback that, because like you can see that there there's been lots of feedback from from Persona One all the way up until Five. Like there's so much, and all the offshoot games that that came in between that. Like my biggest thing that I didn't like about Persona Three was that you didn't have direct control of your um, of your other party members. You only had control over the main character. You didn't have direct control over the rest of your party. But in Persona Four, you had direct control over everyone. And then in Persona Five, like they made so much, so many great quality of life adjustments to like when you exploit an enemy's weakness, you press a button, and then it takes you to the move and the persona that has that ability that's the enemy's weakness, and makes the experience go a lot faster. So I mm-hmm. think there's a lot to be gained by being critical and to provide feedback, but we there gets to a point to where if you're getting upset and taking it very personally. I think that's kind of where you need to stop and ask yourself why. And not a lot of yep. people ask themselves why. And I think that's where a lot of... No, I think it's harder. Yeah. That's the harder thing mm-hmm. to do. It's like, it's part of growing and growing. Yeah. It's really hard. Because yeah. <laughs> it means looking at yourself, like, critically. Yeah. Um, which a lot of people don't want to do. Right. 
Uh, cool. So I hope we answered yeah. that question. Yeah, I, for... I hope that helps. So like, and if you guys have, you know, we like we said before, if you wanted to be on the show, please submit, um, submit to us in the form that's on our website at at uh, magicalboyspodcast.com. And if you just have questions, we want more of these. Like, I love doing this. Like, we want to hear from you or stuff. Yes, or stuff you just want to hear us like talk about, or like weird like what if scenarios. Yeah, uh, yeah, like, let's talk about like it. any dumb, stupid thing you want to ask involving video games or anime. Hit us Please up. Please do. That would be awesome. So definitely don't hesitate to do that with us. We'd love to hear from you guys. Um, a couple of things before we sign off mm-hmm. here. Uh, so DJ and I will both be at Crunchyroll Expo. Yes, we will. Um, August twenty fifth, twenty seventh, at the Santa Clara Convention mm-hmm. Center. Um, I will be there and at Mag West which is Mag West is in the hotel that is connected to the convention mm-hmm. center. Um, I don't know how they're handling, like they're going to be doing a lot of things between the two cons as a partnership. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm going to guess because Mag West doesn't have an artist alley. I'm hoping slash assuming that the artist alley is going to be in a place where you can get into it with either a Crunchyroll badge mm-hmm. or a Mag West badge yeah. is what I'm thinking is going to happen. So uh, DJ will be in there. Um, I will be in there with my girlfriend. who will be selling her, her business, mm-hmm. her really good stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and then DJ and I maybe might have a panel. We're going to, we'll find out in the, in the yeah, future. We're going to find out in the coming weeks if we have a panel, um, at the show with you guys. And that if we do, it's going to be super, du- super dope. Um, and hopefully even in artist alley, we should be, I requested that we get placed next to each other. So mm-hmm. hopefully you'll be able, when you find one of us, you'll find both of us. Yeah. You'll be able to come by and say hi mm-hmm. and, and everything yeah. else. Um, and if we do get to do a panel, um, uh, I definitely like to reach out to you guys if there's any stuff that like you would like to see us talk about in a panel mm-hmm. setting. Um, I know for DJ and I, we're probably the thing that came to me initially was just to do a panel on queerness in anime and video games, um, just because it's you know it's I think it's something that we we both are passionate yeah. about. Um, so if you're gonna be out there on the West Coast, love to see you there. Um, and DJ, where can, where can I find you? Um, you can find me online pretty much anywhere under Oh Hey DJ. That's O H H E Y D J. Um, I'm I'm always online. <laughs> like there's that there's that line in Persona in Persona Five where Futaba's like I'm always online, <laughs> and that definitely describes me as well. I'm always around a device that is connected to the internet at all times. So that's why she's my mm-hmm. wife. <laughs> so please hit me up there. Um, let's talk about some stuff. And where can they find you, Boo? Uh, you can get me on Twitter at Rubots R O O B O T S. If you want to take a peek at any comedy stuff I do um rubenmedina.com uh or edtomrubin.com um uh are the two that's the some guys i do uh some friends of mine that i do a bunch of comedy shit with we're gonna actually have a new podcast coming out soon uh called you're welcome hollywood (laughs) uh where we uh we every episode is us making a script a movie script on the fly Mm -hmm. improvising it awesome um and uh yeah and we've recorded a couple episodes now and it's super super stupid so i'll let you guys know when we release that um so you'll get to hear me with two straight boys um and uh and you can get me on on psn rubits i think r-o-o-b-i-t-s on there and that's it yeah so i just just want to reiterate one more time that please we'd love to hear from you guys so go to our website magicalboyspodcast.com shoot us an email we'd love to hear from you if you want to be on the show let us know in that same in that same format that's on our site and yeah that's pretty much it and please guys uh it's like a stupid really stupid small thing but um rate and review us on apple um 
Apple Podcasts. Yeah. Uh, cause that's the, like, honestly, if there's like, if you're like, how can I help these guys out? Cause I really like what their show mm-hmm. is. Um, the best way to do that is to give us good ratings and reviews. I mean, rate us honestly, whatever you want to put dead there. Um, but giving us ratings and reviews, um, there because the more of that, that we get the kind of higher in the charts we go. And then the more visibility that we have and the more people will get to listen to our wonderful queer <laughs> nerd wonderland. Um, so if you have like five minutes mm-hmm. to take and do that, that'd be awesome. We'd mm-hmm. appreciate it. And the, and if you aren't already, follow us on Twitter at the Magical Boys, at Twitter as well. So yeah, cool. Um, that, that's that's gonna be it for us. And uh, well, you guys are amazing. Stay magical, and we'll see you guys next time. Bye. Bye.